0: This is the podcast where people come alive to their own exclusive magic and find strategies to work their magic in the real world in a way that feels exciting and authentic and inspired and fulfilling. So grab a fun drink and please make sure, for the love of all things good and holy, that your pants are really comfortable because life is too short for uncomfortable clothes and boring drinks. I'm your host, Bethany Shipley, and this is The Bethany Shipley Show. Welcome to the show, Brandon the Man, the legend, Barber. Welcome.
1: Yeah, that's that's a that's a big intro.
0: Well, it's not all that I have. I have more. But sometimes, you know, when you get on a podcast and you hear an hour-long introduction, and then the interviewee has to like start wobbling around saying, Thank you. And <laughs> like to give the chance to just say hi
1: i'm glad you're jumping in Get yep. getting some attention quick
0: yeah that's getting right
1: everybody's attention quick
0: for those of you who don't know brandon he is 20 plus years into coaching he is a survivor of literally almost anything you could imagine <laughs> he's a dad he's a husband he is uh someone who i can honestly say is one of the top 10 most influential people in my life. He's a business coach. He's a uh, so much more than business coach though. Um, and so we, for this rare opportunity, get to hear Brandon actually talk about himself. Brandon, how long has it tricky. been? It
1: <laughs> might get tricky.
0: How long has it been, Brandon, since you talked about yourself?
1: man i i think if you ask michelle my wife she would say i talk about myself every day (laughs) but um yeah it's it's definitely a different vibe right being here and not being the one in control asking you the questions asking you the to go deep dive and you're gonna deep dive and ask me questions i'm like yeah it's it's the roles have been reversed for sure
0: or as do you watch the office I you do. Seen, uh, my how the turntables. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. The the
1: my the, the the quotes from Michael Scott like Michael Scott the one and only.
0: There's a little bit of Michael in all of us.
1: <laughs> oh yeah.
0: That's okay, why I feel so comfortable. Exactly. I get that. I joke all the time. I'm a female 20, well now I'm 30. 30-year-old version of Michael Scott female.
1: Female edition. <laughs> Um, now come on. How many of you, how <laughs> many people are gonna to that? Bethany Shipley is a 30 year old female version of Michael Scott. Come on.
0: I'll tell you what like, it is.
1: I do not see it.
0: It is the complete gullible, like everything is said and translated into my head as literal. Mm. That's the side of Michael that I identify with. That's good. Yeah. That's All right. So Brandon, give us, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for being here and taking the time to share in this way. It's um, just really exciting for me. And I just feel honored to have worked with you for the last, I don't even know, like six years. And um, I, I just am so grateful for that. But I want to give you a chance to kind of give us the three to five minute version of your story?
1: Hmm, my story. So I, I would tell you my story starts with um, being called to uh, what what I would call the hero's path, which is, I think it's all our paths. And the path is, hey, here's pain, here's struggle, here's issue, here's problems. You must deal with them. And like every hero, what do we do first and foremost? Or every great leader, we say, no, wrong dude, wrong person. I feel like I go through that every single time I'm challenged with something new. I'm not calling myself a hero. I think every time I'm called to some adventure or to some new thing that I need to take on, some painful things, some struggle, some issues, I say, no. Like, it's too much. It's too heavy. um, You got the wrong person. I can't do it. But, I mean, I think that's been my story over and over again, is called to an adventure, called to some struggle, called to deal with some pain, and over and over again, I'm like, no. And then, like the Roman proverb that says, fate will help the willing and those who won't, she will drag. I feel like <laughs> I go kicking and screaming, so then fate drags me and says, well, then, here, we'll have you deal with it this way. And... um I'm getting much more, I'm getting better at it today. So I'm getting a lot better today at at volunteering to step into it instead of getting drugged. But I think, you know, you don't deal with your health, then you're forced to deal with your illness, right? You don't deal with your marriage, you're forced to deal with an unhappy spouse. Um, You don't deal with your business in a certain way, you're forced to deal with the repercussions of that. And I think, you know, being in those, all of those situations personally, Um, that I eventually get called to that adventure and need to take it on and then go on a road of trials and deal with that struggle and take that issue on and take that problem on and dig into it, whether it's abandonment, like for me, dealing with abandonment at a very young age and feeling like I have to, you know, everything triggers my abandonment to dealing with cancer and that uncertainty, like the day I got the call just having certainty taken from me immediately. And, or, you know, Michelle and I working on our relationship at at a deep level or taking my business on when COVID hit. And like, where does my business go now? Because COVID took everything from our business in a moment's notice. We were doing multiple events a month, in-person live events to zero. So having to pivot there watching us go from nine employees to three overnight, watching us go from a certain income to a drop significantly overnight, and just dealing with those adversities over and over and over again, and being willing to deal with them today, knowing that they're coming instead of getting so upset or frustrated at them. So my story, I think, is a story of a I, I I would call it a hero story. And again, I'm not saying that I'm a hero, although I, I guess maybe I'd like to call myself that, but that the issues and struggles and problems in my life that show up that I'm willing to voluntarily take them on. And I'm willing to see how they're helping me learn and grow and become better instead of just making them villains or people villains in my life. So. I'd like to say my story is is the story of of following the hero's path, the best that I can, which is taking on the adventure, whatever that is, knowing there's going to be a road of trials, like knowing there's going to be issues and struggles and problems along the way, and if I don't deal with them, like in the past, maybe I didn't deal with them, I felt more like an imposter, because I was like doing a bypass, like I was bypassing the road of trials. I was like, I don't want to deal with this stuff. I don't want to take it on. I don't want to go deep. I want to teach discipline, but I don't want to deal with this.
0: <laughs> okay. I, I think to everyone's like, yeah, totally.
1: <laughs> I want to teach everybody how to go to conquer the world, and then I'm not going to take my own stuff on, right? Yeah. I felt like an anemic life coach for a long time until I accepted that hey, there's this road of trials I am going to have to take and go into the abyss and look at the dark stuff there and look at my shadow and the issues and the problems but knowing along the way that if i do that i will always have elder wisdom and spiritual aid and knowing that i have those two things that are always there that Can you
0: go into that you taught me about those two things and that's been incredible can you go into that Yeah i think elder wisdom is
1: you know you say when the when the student is ready the the master or the coach will the
0: Teacher will yeah
1: show up. the teacher will show up yeah And I think that's the elder wisdom, like whether we get it from people that are older than us or people that are younger, but whoever is there to teach us along the way, I think when we're willing to step into our discomfort and willing to to step into our uncomfortability, willing to step into our shadow, that I think people show up in our lives that support us and help us and and give us guidance. We get course-corrected
0: that's elder wisdom so what's spiritual aid that was the one that for me was like when you explained that to me i just yeah
1: i think that's course correction as well i think that's what i i, I would i call that god you mm-hmm. could call that whatever you want to call that but um higher higher forces are there to support you along the way it's like the concept and the belief that life is happening for you yeah These, these higher forces are happening and supporting you along the way. If you're willing to take the tough journey, if you're willing to not blame or make people victim or villains, or you don't fall into victim too much and you're willing to take responsibility, I think the spiritual aid shows up. I think God shows up and says, Hey, I'm in this with you. And here's how I'm in it with you. And as dark and lonely, as hard as it can be that, that that's there.
0: I'm nodding and I'm also thinking, how did like that, those two things show up for you? If you don't mind me asking in your cancer journey. Yeah.
1: Faith. I mean, it was 100%. I think the higher forces God in my life said, here's, here's how we're going to help you with certainty. So, um, in order, so you don't have to require certainty with everything in your life here's cancer and you have to have faith and I'm going to help you to really have faith along the way. But it happened in so many ways. It's, you know, Michelle was there for me. She was a warrior. I think she was an angel. And I think that was, um, I think that was spiritual aid. I think walking to my, you know, radiation treatments, feeling my grandmother and my mother holding my hand along the way i think that are was they scary. passed
0: or are they were they actually there okay yeah
1: weren't actually here they both passed so
0: yeah
1: feeling them you know in it it was it was getting downloads of hey i'm here you're not doing this alone um but just the faith that i was required to have in all of that was so big for me and wow. i think I spiritually yeah and
0: it's kind of like i mean you said earlier you said my certainty was stripped away from me but do you agree with the idea that it was just the illusion of certainty was stripped from you yeah yeah, yeah. I
1: didn't um know what faith was i didn't know what faith was
0: yeah and i feel like we're all it's so funny when we get in situations obviously i've never been through cancer but these situations come through my life where the illusion of certainty is stripped from me and i'm sure i have a plethora of situations you know, ahead of me as well. And it's like, every time it happens, I just have to laugh because I'm like, this sounds so silly, but the earth that we live on literally grows poison ivy when it's being disrupted too quickly. Mother earth is taking care of things. (laughs) Somehow the agriculture uh, intelligence is bringing water to the land when it needs to happen. Like, clearly there's something bigger going on here, but isn't it funny? We're all earlier today. I was getting um, socks on my little guy and I felt a little dizzy and I said, Mac, I feel a little dizzy. It feels like my world is spinning, even though my world isn't spinning. And then I just took a second. And I was like, Hey, actually the world is spinning and I'm flying around in the ethos right now. <laughs> it's just hilarious to me.
1: It's, it's it's awesome, right? It's it's and you think about like life is not about the facts. Life is not about the facts. It's about our perception of the facts, right? So, your perception today was, hey, like this means this. It's like and and this could mean ah so many different things. It's like when I stand in line with my kids for a roller coaster, we both have a different perception of what's going on. Our body symptoms are both the same. We're both like experiencing sweaty palms, nervousness in our stomach, a little shaking, a little wobbly, maybe a little dizzy. We're both having the same symptoms. I say, this is anxiety. My kids say, this is excitement.
0: Interesting.
1: Same symptoms, right? But it's same our perception.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow, I, I, I love that. And okay, I just wanna go back before I move on to my next question you um you said something about like you know life is continue your curriculum i'm i'm hearing it like this your curriculum is that life keeps giving you opportunities to rise to the challenge and be your own hero i see you as someone who constantly creates opportunity for growth for yourself in when i watch you work i think of someone who at many points in your life have worked really really hard to create momentum to create success to create um you know you've spoken in front of audiences of thousands of people um in hundreds of you know (laughs) hundreds of people in increments and thousands of people in increments probably if you had a total of I mean how many people have taken your assessment do you know
1: we're we're over a million now
0: that's insane (laughs) A million people impacted. So I see that as totally not reactionary, but as something that, I mean, a lot of that, do you take, you have some sort of agency inside of you that's created that, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great point. I, you, if, if we want to talk about, you know, my biggest struggles, right. Taking credit for things or not just staying in criticism. If I stay in criticism, then I'll move further along in my life and then I'll be enough, right? <laughs> that's sarcasm for everyone who's
0: wondering.
1: <laughs> Let me just criticize myself. Let me just beat myself up. Let it never be good enough. Let me never be good enough. So then I'll keep striving to be good enough and someday I'll be good enough and someday I'll be loved, right? Which is I mean, my that's what thing.
0: I thought before I met with you.
1: <laughs> yep. Well, I, I'm still working on that personally. And I, and I think I always am. I think we, I think we are always working on it. I think we're always, what's inevitable, death and taxes, but, um, I think what's inevitable is pain and and growth. And yeah, I mean, I want to be growing because if you're not growing, you're dying. So whether you're poison ivy or you're some other kind of plant, if you're not dying, you, or if you're not growing, you are dying.
0: What's the difference for you between pain and suffering?
1: Ooh that's a great question. That's a really good question, Bethany. I pain is pain is inevitable. Pain is happening. It's going to happen. Suffering is a choice. So if we don't put meaning in the pain, then I think we suffer. If we don't have some sort of meaning in this, like this is happening because this. I'm learning, I'm growing. I love that question. I ask myself that all the time. How am I learning? How am I growing? So that I might be able to serve somebody in the future. And I think that's growth, right? And as long as you could attach some meaning to it, meaning to the pain, then it's not suffering. But sometimes yeah. all it is, Like when I focus on, I have less of something or I have lost something or I will never, like that's the big one for me. Like if I will never have this, that's suffering. I'm never going to have the relationship I want. I'm never going to have the happiness I want. I'm never going to have the success I want. That becomes suffering. So suffering uh,
0: is no hope.
1: No hope and a, a conscious choice. Yeah. Not not putting. I I think not associating meaning to pain. That w- that's what I would call suffering.
0: I love that, and and your teaching on that, I feel like is one of the biggest things that. Yeah, it's it's an asset for sure for what you have to offer to the world because. Yeah, you, you told me one time, and I've, I've brought this back up for myself many times since. Well, I think your problem is you think you should have no problems. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I think I should have no problems. And that's my problem. What a liberating reality. Well,
1: if you grew up in the 80s like me or some other time, I'm sure you watch TV shows and every problem is solved in 22 minutes. I remember my favorite show, Three's Company. Like, there was a problem that was going on and 22 minutes because commercials, you know, would would happen. That at the end of, uh, there was all the disarray and problems and issues that went around and all the miscommunication with all the characters. But by the end, they were all Chris, Janet, or Chrissy, Janet and, and Jack, all had their arms around each other on the couch. Everything was good right? In 22 minutes. So I'm like, that's life, right? We should be able to bring that back into reality. And in my reality, that wasn't the case. My reality, my parents were going through a divorce. Um, My reality was that, you know, I didn't have all of the popularity maybe I wanted. Life didn't run smooth. Um, I was a latchkey kid. I don't know. What does that mean? 80s, any any 80s folks out there will know what a latchkey kid is. A latchkey kid is you come home alone, mm. you have a key somewhere usually like in the mailbox or we had a clever little like the pretend rock and it was under the rock and yeah. <laughs> you get that you get your key and you go in and you take care of yourself until your parents get home. Well, it was for me until mom got home, right?
0: How many hours was that for you? I don't know. That
1: was probably, you know, 3 or 4, 3 or 4 hours.
0: Every starting when? Starting
1: from probably the age of, you know, nine, eight or nine until, you know, forever.
0: How do you feel about that? Looking back.
1: Um, I I feel hurt. I feel alone. I feel abandoned. And I also know that if my parents would have treated me the way I wanted them to, I wouldn't be who I was today.
0: Yeah. Well, and can I just say as a mom listening to that, that's my biggest fear you are my child you are my biggest fear for my child that they would feel that way one day
1: <laughs> yes and, and when have- you have old children you know that because I have a 28 year old and I see him go through some of this stuff and I'm like oh i I was probably the cause I yeah. did that and he's got to go to therapy now and like talk to him about his dad screwing up there yeah but so, I think so blaming- now yeah I think blaming effectively is hey, who am I because of that? Like, I'm so resilient. Like I learned things, like you just saying I'm after growth, I'm resilient and I wanna build a business. And I'm like, rather than sitting around and going, hey, maybe this will work, or let me talk to a few people, or let me go find some investors. I'm like, let's go bust this thing out and fail miserably. But whatever we're doing, we're taking action. Like go take action. If my parents would have treated me the way I wanted them to, I might not be an action taker like that.
0: So did you teach yourself now, that?
1: Um, oh, abso- I, th- I think absolutely. A lot of it, yeah. When I needed to learn how to shave, because back then there wasn't Google, right? It wasn't YouTube. the internet <laughs> or YouTube. Yeah, you could, today you could YouTube out of shape or tie a tie or how to talk to girls or whatever it was, <laughs> or how to start a business, Yeah. like do that. I learned all that. I went out and did all that stuff on my own through trial and error. So when I wanted to start my landscaping business at 15, right, I just went and mowed lawns. I just went door to door and mowed lawns. I went door to door and shoveled snow. I went door to door and like that, that was the hustle. That was the, I want to do this, so I'm gonna take action.
0: Now, do you really think that you wouldn't have been that way if your parents hadn't? Because you've told me before, kids like studies show kids kind of turn out how they're going to turn out.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I don't know, maybe, but I certainly want to tell a different story. I want to create my narrative for growing up and I don't want my narrative to be, um, or I don't want my story to be a tragic. Yeah. A tragedy. I don't want to be, I don't, I don't want it to be a tragedy. I want it to be a hero story. Yeah. So in order to do that, I would need to blame effectively um, and give acceptance to my parents, knowing that they went through their trauma, they went through their struggles, they went through through their issues. So when I can see that trauma and and accept my parents for what they were and who they were, then I don't hold on to being a victim.
0: Yeah, I I hear you on that, and I think that you know the reason I spoke up when you said what you said, and I said that's my greatest fear you know, is because yes, of course I'm, I'm doing everything I'm capable to do in this time for my kids. Um, but I, I think more than that, I hope for them, what you've come to, which is like being able to love your parents for what they could give. And like, you know, we realize we're, we're parents, like we all mess up, you know, we all create, not so great experiences for our kids sometimes dang it like we're not perfect dang it
1: oh and we're all gonna do the work right better to do it in our 20s and 30s because it gets a lot harder in our 40s and 50s but we're all we all got to do the shadow work we all got to work on ourselves at some core level right and go into that abyss and go hey my face is on my body my face is on my relationships my face is on my social media page. Like my face is on all these things. What do I need to take on and dig into? What do I need to look at so that, you know, I, I, I can come to terms with that shadow part of me. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all love that. We all have this fear of going and communicating with people or connecting with people for fear that they're going to find out about that shadow. (laughs) Right. And who is that shadow? That's the person nobody wants. I don't want you to know about that person that sits and cries alone at night and feels insecure and insignificant and shame. And like, I don't want you to know about that person. The pimple-faced 16-year-old, I don't want you to know about that person. Yeah. But that's our shadow. And when we can bring that shadow to light, that's vulnerability, that's authenticity. And I think people relate. And when they relate, they trust us, right? And then we're able to communicate way more effectively to people and connect more effectively with people
0: yeah i i love that i'm
1: still a work in progress
0: yeah same okay so um a little bit of a shift to me and the whole point of this podcast is to really help people get inspired in their own gifts and their own strengths because i i believe that everyone is a unique a unique expression of love and i think everyone has just this unique magic that's underneath them. That is like the pilot light to everything they do in life. And that's the whole vision of this podcast. And so the people that I'm bringing on this podcast are people who I believe are living in their, like their personal brand, meaning like how people interpret them in the real world matches up with the magic that they have. There are some people who have, everybody has this magic, but there's some people who are so buried underneath like trauma and life and stories, and they're not living in their magic. And so my vision and my hope is that, you know, as I bring people like you on the people listening, just have that spark inside of them, maybe like their pilot light gets lit to stick with the metaphor. And so when I look at you, I see you as someone whose life is inspired. And I mean, to me, your impact you get on a call with people who have been working with you and you can just hear the heart of the impact that you've made. I mean, and I, I believe we shouldn't wait till the funeral (laughs) to kind of like hold up the mirror and say, thank you for that. But take us back to when did you first realize, so I'll just say for everyone listening who hasn't had a chance to work with Brandon, his magic is in Yes, there is the concepts and there's the trainings and there's the program. But I think what's underneath that is your ability to to be a place to facilitate an environment one on one that creates um, this really safe, warm. I'm actually drinking sweet tea because like sweet tea, it's like home. It's like comforting and it's safe to heal and grow. And, um, so, so that's what Brandon's magic is. And that's what he does in his business, his life coaching, business coaching, whatever we want to call it. Um, I mean, you have actual bullet point terms, but what I want to know here is when was the time in life? Take us back to that time where you kind of felt the first little buzz of electricity through, through your body or however you interpret that feeling, interpret that feeling of like, this is my magic. Now, what do I do with it? Mm
1: Well, first thing I'm like, I can't help but hear you talk. I mean, lighting people's pilot light, being the lighthouse for hope and like who better to do this than you for like that is super cool. And just the energy and light that you have about everything you do is like, I'm in like I'm, I'm, I'm listening to the podcast. I'm in, I'm your subscriber because I'm in. (laughs) Um,
0: Thank you. I feel called and I'm so excited. So thank you for saying that.
1: Yeah, you you do. You 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 have the magic. Like, let's let's face it, you do. Thank you. Um, I remember for me that the magic was lit for me when I was 18. And I was struggling to find my way in life like big time, right? I was like, where do I do? I go to college, do I work? Like I'm done with high school, and I barely got through that. Uh, I'm into drugs and alcohol. Like that's not leading a, me down a very good path. Like that was my way to find spirituality, but certainly wasn't the greatest way. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I remember sitting up late one night, it was like two in the morning and this infomercial came on. Do you, I don't know if you guys know what an infomercial is. Um, but is it
0: like a commercial?
1: It's like a commercial that's like a 15 minute commercial right? Oh, wow. Okay. 10 minute commercial, right? It's like, they do it for the, for blenders and vacuums and, but this infomercial came on and there's this dude with this massive head, right? This massive body look like a giant and he's all, he he's teaching us or he's talking about how you have control over your destiny. You have control of your thoughts. You have control of your emotions. And it was, it was Tony Robbins and he did this infomercial and he's selling these audio tapes. Personal power, personal power audio tapes. I remember, I bought them. It was like I don't even remember, 180 bucks or something at the time. It was like ridiculous amount of money. It's all the money I had, and I got those tapes and I sat in my Volkswagen bus, which didn't run, but it it would start, but it wouldn't move, because I couldn't afford to get it fixed at the time. So I sat in my Volkswagen bus and listened to those tapes. Probably the first first day I got them, I probably listened for like four hours straight. And I knew in that moment that I wanted to not only learn these techniques and tools, but I wanted to give them to the world. Like I wanted to go share them with the world. That's when I knew what I wanted to do. And, you know, got a little sidetracked along the way and did some other things and then went into corporate management and managed people and loved that. And then by the age of 30, um, had moved into a coaching business where I'm coaching now people in my own, in my own business. But that's where the, that's where the spark came. The spark came at 18 saying, I love learning these tools, applying these tools, watching my life change. Now I got to go share it with the world. Yeah. Oh my god.
0: That that makes total sense. And I feel like that spark that you're saying, you said it was like, was it 2 a.m. when you were watching this infomercial? Did you oh, say yeah. that? Yeah. It's like that. I feel like it, there is just this feeling that you know, and that's what you have to go with, right? It's your gut. Yeah. And it's your heart and your gut. So um for some reason, Brandon, my so for those of you listening, we're recording this on Zoom. Did you in my zoom, I have a webinar like package or whatever, but it thinks that we have 40 minutes only. So Brandon, we have eight minutes to wrap this up. Okay. Okay. So All I don't right. know. I got to figure that out. I guess I, I got to call him and see what's up. But, um, was there any point in your journey that your ego stepped in and tried to try to drive the bus?
1: Every step of the way. Yeah. But, but here's what I think. And this is my opinion is I think we need ego to some degree. I think we need ego. I think we need, you know, people say I I, used, I had this fear of narcissism forever. I'm like, am I a narcissist? <laughs> like I read all the things and I'm like, oh my gosh, I might be a narcissist. Like I'm, I gotta fix this. And I bought like five books on narcissism and like got audios on narcissism. And I'm like deep dive. I'm like, that's my OCD in me. Like I'm like obsessive about stuff and I'm like, I got to fix this. If I'm narcissist, I got to fix this. But I think we all need ego and narcissism a little bit to be able to function, to be able to go out and like kick butt, to be able to go out and say, hey, here's who I am. Like, I think we need that a little bit. But what I think the part of ego that we don't want driving the bus is fear, insecurity. um, Like I'm doing this all by myself this is just me, um, it's, it's, almost like, it's almost like that need for significance. So I just need to grow an empire, get extremely wealthy, um, affect as many lives as possible and that's all about my own significance. I would call that the ego that drove the bus for way too long that it wasn't about other people and I didn't make it about really shifting other people. So I think it's always gonna be um, um, uh, an us It's always going to be a we involved,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, but when I'm really showing up for other people and I'm really able to want to serve other people from contribution and not just from a place of significance, I think that's critical because whenever I've let ego drive the bus or significance drive the bus, whatever you want to call it, I'm always suffering because there's never enough. It's like Mm -hmm. I follow this formula that says, When my life equals my expectations, I'll finally be happy. My expectations are so unrealistic. They're like perfect. I, and when, and in other words, what I'm saying is when life is perfect, then I'll be happy or then I'll be successful or then I'll be enough. And when ego runs things, I think I'm always in that place. So Mm -hmm. things are never enough. I always have higher and higher expectations and it can never stack up. So I'm always in a state of suffering. But as soon as I can say, hey, this is about more than just my significance, this is about contributing in a bigger way Um, and not just about the dollars or not just about building the empire. But when I do that, I'm not in a suffering space that I'm actually living in a beautiful place or a beautiful state. I
0: hear you on that. I feel like what you're saying, I'm I'm thinking of like there's situations where it's a win-win, but then there's situations like it's not a I win, you lose. When you're living in contribution, it's I I win, you win (laughs) and everybody wins. And that, yeah, that makes total sense. And I resonate with that. Um, Okay. My, I guess my last question for you, um, I had a, I had a lot more, but (laughs) I guess, I don't know. Zoom is telling me otherwise. Um, Where, where do you see yourself in like five, 10 years in life, in business, in all of it?
1: I see myself doing the same thing. I I don't have a desire to build an empire anymore. I just Mm -hmm. don't. Um, But I see myself in the same place. But that's a good thing. I see myself enjoying it even more. Yeah. So I see myself here doing what I'm doing. I see myself as a husband, as a father. I see myself as a coach. But I see myself just enjoying it even more now. I see myself contributing even more. I see myself waking up in more gratitude, even more. I see myself in more of a spiritual connection. I see myself in more of love and passion. Yeah. But I, I don't love that. I don't see myself building an empire because uh-huh. I don't have the desire to do
0: that. Yeah. I just think that's such a cool shift. Like I see myself. I had um I have a friend who asked me, like, what's your end game? And that's a really tough question, you know? And what I think you're saying and what I resonate with with what you're saying is like the end game's already here. Like the end game is happening today in this conversation. And and the impact that you're making in these, in <laughs> these people's lives, including myself, is the end game. And so it's just a, a beautiful thing. One thing that I have always wondered if you would do And, um, you know, you don't have to answer this here on the podcast or anything, but I've always felt like, you know, first we teach others or, you know, witness others, and then we teach others how to witness others. And I wonder Mm -hmm. if you will ever shift into developing what you do to teach other people how to coach.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting, Bethany. I I, I think that the model that we would create could look different. But I think we do that every day. Yeah. In in our coaching, we have what are called laser intensives. And it's a, it's a Tuesday evening where people that are part of our group come join us and they get hot seated and I do interventions with them. So I will actually hot seat those individuals and coach them individually. And what I tell people is watch how I coach. Not because I'm a master coach, because I found out one day, it's because I've been doing it for 20 plus years. And learning how to have empathy and learning how to have the skill of validation and learning how to really get more cooperation and productivity from people. So I think we're teaching people how to coach when people witness that and watch me coach. They're watching me coach other people. And it's like, oh, that's how I need to go coach my team or coach my kids or coach whoever. It's go through that questionnaire, go through that validation process, go through that empathy process. And so just witnessing that and watching that I think we're doing that today. I really do. Our model doesn't say, I'm teaching you how to coach. Now go coach this program. (laughs) And I'm not sure if I'll do that. Maybe, maybe, well, maybe we won't. But I think we all have, we all have survival brain and survival brain gets in our way of achieving more, feeling more excitement, feeling more gratitude, feeling more passion, feeling more love, feeling more growth, feeling all the things we want and survival brain is the thing that you want to identify that gets in the way and know that it's not you as soon as i started doing that and you mentioned our assessment that's a great place to identify hey where's survival brain where can we're they get at- there advice.
0: where can they get to that assessment
1: they go I'll- to our, our website so brandonbarbaracoaching.com coaching.com, click on take the assessment it's free free you'll be able to see exactly where your brain is giving you good and bad advice And where survival brain is getting in your way. And when you do that, you're able to kind of move that out of the way or at least spend time working on that component. So you can move to the place you want, wherever that is.
0: Beautiful. It was at this exact moment in recording the podcast that my Zoom room just decided to completely turn off. So I logged into Zoom and I got it all figured out. I guess my passwords were compromised and I needed to log back in. Um, so hopefully it doesn't shut off next time because we have some some amazing guests coming up. But I just wanted to come back on quickly and say a huge thank you to Brandon for not only just being on the podcast today, but for the impact that you've made in my life, for being a mentor, for being a coach. Um, for being someone who has held such great space for me to heal and grow. And, um, I just, I feel really emotional about that. And I just wanted to express my gratitude. Um, you are, it, what I love about, what I love about human relationships and the impact, the idea of making an impact on the life of someone else is that it doesn't stop with me. The work that I'm doing here on this podcast in my life, you know, when I meet with people, when I'm working with people, like, I have so much data that has been that has been poured into this this pool of data and insight has been poured into by hundreds and hundreds of incredible people. And Brandon, you have been one of those people. So never uh, for all of you listening, never underestimate the impact that you're making in your life. You might not even know what your smile does for somebody at the grocery store or the way that you show up for someone on the side of the road with a a tire that's popped. I don't know, flat. (laughs) It's. It matters. All of it really matters and it makes the world a better place because you're here. So thank you for being here. If you love this, um, two things. If you love this podcast screenshot, share it in your stories or send it to a friend who you know would really find value and benefit from it. Secondly is go take the assessment from Brandon. It's free and it is wild. It's not like a personality test that you would find. You know how I love the Enneagram, but it's not the Enneagram. It's not Myers-Briggs. It's not a personality test. It's actually, a test that measures what advice your brain is giving you. And it does it in such a way that you cannot outsmart it. And it also does it in such accurate ways. There's not a test out there that would have a million people taking it if it didn't have some really cool aspects to it. So brandonbarbercoaching.com. Go take that free assessment. I think you'll find it wild. Message me what you think. (laughs) Over on Instagram, message me what you think, because it is weird. If you're like me, you would probably be like, what the... just happened like what was that um but you kind of like it cuz it's just insightful all right friends oh, thank you for being here i love you Thank you so much for listening to The Bethany Shipley Show. I hope you feel more inspired. I hope you feel more excited, more clear on what your magic is. Because you are made of magic. And so all you have to do to make the magic happen is put yourself out there. So get on out there and do your best now, you hear? <laughs>